Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of my podcast, Is Breakfast Included? Now over the next few weeks, months, what have you, I'm going to be bringing on friends of mine and even people that aren't friends from the touring industry to kind of talk about what they do in their role of making tours happen. My first guest is this week. His name is Rene Rodriguez. He's a very old friend of mine. He served as a tour caterer for Pantera, ZZ Top, and most recently Garth Brooks. But what he's doing now is pretty interesting too. He is a poker room chef and he's going to tell us all about what that implies, how he goes about it, how he makes it happen. But I'm going to let him tell you all about it. You all right? Yeah, I'm ready when you are, brother. Tell everybody who you are. Well, my name's Rene Rodriguez. Uh, I was a tour caterer for uh, a little over 25 years. Uh, Now I just do uh, uh, poker is what I do. So I'm a chef for a bunch of poker players in the DFW area. And uh, I'm here with my friend Bernie. I hadn't seen him in a long time. I just (laughs) want to tell you how much I love you, bro. I miss you. And I'm so glad to see you today, brother. Oh, likewise, man. I think we 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 I think we kind of decided it was about 23 years since we last saw each other, yes, right? Yes, it is. It's been a long time, brother. Yeah, yeah. And as so. far as him cook being a chef for poker players, we are in actual poker room right now. Mm-hmm. That's what the background music is. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to go out with no money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, man, let's get started. Sure, uh, you were a tour caterer. How did you get into that? Well. Uh, this all started. First of all, in, what is a tour caterer? Okay, so basically, what we do is we go around from uh, city to city, following the band that's out on tour, and so we feed them breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, we do the dressing rooms for the bands, um, pretty much whatever they want. You know, they have a, a rider which basically details in what they would like in their dressing rooms. And uh, so that's pretty much what I did. I started in 89 and retired in 2017. Yeah, 2017, I retired. Uh, The last tour I did was uh, I was out with Garth from 2015 to 2017. And uh, that was the last tour I did. Uh, Retired for family reasons. Uh, Helping my son with the, uh, the granddaughter who's four years old now, and she's amazing, ball of fire. Right on. Uh, but, yeah, so when I first started, I was a stagehand, so I would help set up uh, sound lights, band gear, all that stuff, whenever bands would come to town. I think that's how you and I met. Yep. We were both mm-hmm. local yep. pushers local or runners. Or... Yep, exactly. Mm. And so uh, I met my uh, first uh, tour cater manager by the name of Paint. Uh, his actual name is Mark Liotis. But I met Paint, and one day he was talking about how they were doing uh, so-and-so catering for them. And I was like, you know, I'd already been in the restaurant business since 86. And I told him, hey, man, you know, I got some experience uh, feeding and cooking and stuff. And so he talked to the owners, and they uh, they gave me a chance. They gave me a break to see what happened. And, uh, man, I think the first show we did was... Uh, ZZ Top at the Cotton Bowl in 89. Yeah, Santana was there and a bunch of other bands were there. And I do believe that was the first show that I'd ever done tour catering wise. And man, let me tell you, it was hot. 
It's right in the middle of summertime, and you know the Cotton Bowl doesn't have any kind of covering whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's extremely hot. But, man, it was the greatest experience I, I had ever had in my life. So Up until then? Yeah, it was great, yeah. man. Uh, I loved it so much, and, and I did such a great job that uh, the company, the owner of the company, uh, had me start working for him permanently uh, during tour catering. So uh, the very first tour I actually went out on, and uh, this is a shout-out to Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. The I think the name of the tour was Recycler Tour back in 90. Yeah, yeah. Recycler Tour. And so when I finally got to meet the guys, they were very welcoming uh, treated me like I was one of their own. Uh, I'd never been, I'd never experienced anything like that in my life, you know, especially with, with rock stars and, and musicians and stuff like that. Those guys were humble, down to earth. Billy Gibbons, man, that guy, he's incredible also. Um, uh, he would, I would make Pico de Gallo for him all the time. He loved the Pico de Gallo that I made for him. So, um, uh, we hit it. We hit it off really well, and so every time those guys were out, I would go out with them and, and the crew that we work, that I worked with. Uh, you know, it's amazing because so we were in California and we had just got through doing a show, and this is how much that these guys really showed that they cared about me, and they actually invited me to be on the bus with the dancers. So here I am, 21, 20, 21 years old, and I'm on tour with ZZ Top. And I get to go from one city in California to another city in California with the dancers. <laughs> I mean, what more could you ask for, right? <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. It was great. Uh, met a young, young gentleman by the name of Joe. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but incredible guy. Uh, I'll always never forget you, Joe. If you're out there somewhere, brother, give me a shout or whatever uh i'm i'm here in dallas just give me a holler at all man yeah well being on tour i know that i have a list of uh of of actual people mm -hmm. that i like to get in good with and mm -hmm. number one on that list is the tour caterers oh yeah like they're up from the ass crack in the morning till you know they yeah. work all day yeah we and varied. we varied uh our our work schedule varied so we would be up by five, five thirty, the earliest in the morning. Have ready, have breakfast ready by six thirty, and then uh, just hustle all day. Uh, six thirty breakfast, twelve thirty lunch, and then uh, uh, I think maybe five thirty dinner. And then you know, in between all that time, we would get all the dressing rooms set up for the bands. Um, so we're up at five thirty. And then if we're lucky, we get maybe three to four hours of sleep before we hit the next city. And it all depends on, on uh, travel time also, yeah. you know. Uh, but, yeah, we were lucky to get maybe three or four hours of sleep a night. Yeah. And I, I, would, I would befriend them because I used to be a real picky eater. Mm -hmm. And some people would argue that I still am a picky eater. <laughs> but... You know, yeah. Hey, man, but, you know what you want, and that's you yeah. Know, that's nothing wrong with that at all, brother. The 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 caterers on our tour are, are my best friends. Oh, you yeah. know. Definitely. Anyway, you worked that ZZ Top was your first big gig. What mm -hmm. was your favorite gig before Garth? Uh, before Garth, we're yeah. gonna get to Garth. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, man. 
there were so many shows that I've done. I think one of my favorites uh, was uh, Page and Plant when they played at uh, Reunion Arena back in 92, 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they played over at Dallas Convention Center, probably like maybe 90, 91, yeah. somewhere around there. And uh, those, gr- those guys are great, man. What a bunch of professionals. Uh, mm-hmm. So me and my buddies, uh, Dave Bolduck and Ken, oh, I can't remember Kenny, but we went to go see the stage and the lights while before uh, sound check and all that. And so there's uh, there's two double doors that separate the uh, the floor level to the dressing room level, and so we were out there checking it out, and it's like all right, cool. So we we decided to go back. We had to get ready for dinner, and I walk in first, go through the double doors, didn't think anything of it, and so to my right is Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, and they're just hanging out against the wall i didn't think anything of it i'm just like trying to hurry up and get through and get into the into the dining room and as soon as i fa- i pass right in front of page and plant there's a a strobe light going off and so apparently i walked in during a photo session with page and plant so the photographer loses it he's upset losing his mind page and plant are laughing their ass off and i'm just walking to the kitchen or the dining room and so that happens, and probably 45 seconds to a minute later, my other two buddies come through the door, and Page and Plant are still there. And as soon as my buddies walked right in front of Page and Plant, there goes the photo strobe again. <laughs> and so Page and Plant at that time start losing it. They're laughing their ass off, and the photographer is just unglued. He's screaming and hollering, who the fuck let these guys in? And this, that, and the other, and Page and Planner just dying laughing, yeah. and and this was this was unintentional. We had no idea that they were doing a photo shoot, so we had crashed the photo shoot, and I think that was one of our one of my favorite uh, happenings with those guys. Too bad he was so mad he could have yeah. got you a print of that picture. That would have been great. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it was, it was hilarious. I couldn't believe it. So before we go any further, man, mm-hmm. I didn't even ask you. Like, did you go to like any type of culinary school to learn no, to cook? Is no, this all self-taught? Had, yeah, uh, it's all self-taught. Uh, I read a lot of books, uh, worked in restaurants, so I got firsthand experience. And uh, you know, culinary school is great to an extent, but they don't teach you. I don't know if it is. I don't know if they do nowadays, but they don't teach you. They didn't teach you the pressures of being in a restaurant. You know, like orders coming in all the time, just fire, fire, fire. And a lot of kids that I've, uh, we used as interns for, for uh, the culinary school, man, they had no idea how, how much of. So, you know, I, I think I got the best education, which was hands-on and experienced it firsthand, you know. <laughs> uh, there's no better way to learn whether you're going to be able to handle it or not. And you, you're kind of all over the place you kind of can cook anything right you can prepare anything i can do desserts from scratch uh i can make salad dressings from scratch uh different different uh i guess uh types of food yeah cuisine cuisine what's your what's your uh what's your strong like is it asian food is it mexican food is it burgers Uh, and fries (laughs) (laughs) i would say probably uh mexican food is one of my strongest suits but you know uh 
I'm well versed in everything. I'm actually started studying more on Asian cuisine. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of my favorites, uh, uh, type of food to eat. So yeah, Asian food's right up there. Number one for me. And so would you, uh, do you have to go to culinary school to be considered a chef or are you considered a chef? Uh, I refer to you as a chef all the time because I know your pedigree. Yeah. But. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to go to a, a culinary school to be a chef. And I'll give you a prime example. So I lived in Austin for 12 years and I worked at a fine dining steakhouse. And our executive chef was a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey or uh, Raymond Tatum. Yeah, Raymond Tatum. And he was the executive chef for Jeffrey's down in Austin uh, for probably 10 years. He did, uh, he was in books with uh, PBS and a couple of shows that they did, uh, Great Chefs of the West. This was probably 90 through 92, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And that's who I studied with when I, when I finally went to decide to go full, uh, upscale uh, cooking so and man let me tell you raymond tatum is is one of the one of the best hands down chefs that i ever worked with uh in austin uh not not um how should i say he's not uptight he's not uppity like some of these chefs that i know they think they're god yeah this guy was incredible he served in the coast guard uh you know, he taught me, he took the time to teach me certain things, and I could never, ever thank him or repay him enough uh, for the time that he spent with me and taught me. Uh, great guy. So if you guys ever get a chance, uh, look up one of his uh, shows on Great Chefs of the West on PBS, or look up his books, or one of the books that uh, published some of his work. So, great guy. Right on. Yeah. So, um... We'll get right into it. You worked for Garth Brooks. Yes, sir. I did. When uh, what what year did you get hired by Garth? Uh, I worked from 2017 to or wait 2015 to 2017, and uh, it was uh, it was funny because I was actually running a forklift when they they were in town. I was helping set up the sound lights, you know, doing stagehand work, and my brother was called in to help with uh, the tour caterers. Uh, the name of the catering company was called, um, oh my God, what is, uh, it's been so long. Uh, let me think about this for a second. Um, God, it'll come to me in a second. But anyway, so my, my brother talked to, uh, the owner. And so we talked, we texted on a Sunday, met on a Monday, and then I was flown out to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to do the first I guess trial run to see if I would be uh, compatible with the crew and stuff. And so after that first day, the first tour, uh, the first city I did with those guys, they they took me, they accepted me, and so the uh, you know it was uh, <laughs> it was great, man. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Shepard, Greg Hopkins, uh, they were the two other chefs on the tour. They were the two main chefs, and then there was me. Uh, you know, I will never take credit for all the all the stuff that that was, I guess, thrown my way as like the food being great and all that. Uh, Greg Hopkins and Kim Shepard, they all were the main driving force in that kitchen, and all I did was help 
with them and do whatever they needed or asked of. Uh, I will never take any full responsibility because it, it's a group effort. It's a team effort. And I just wanted you guys to understand that, that it was a team effort. And I really appreciate the time that I spent with Kim and Greg. Right on, man. Yeah. that's You're very humble, although I know you. So, I mean, I'm going to give you all the credit. Well, I appreciate that. So buddy. how was Garth? I've, I, I've ran across people who have crossed paths with him. I've never heard a bad word about Garth Brooks. Um, is it true? Or is he just a, a crazy man behind the scenes? Man, let me tell you, he's a crazy man behind the scenes, but he's... In a good way? Yeah, in a good way. He's very humble, um, respects everybody. Let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. Even if, you're, even if you're a janitor at the venue that he's playing at, he will come talk to you. He will spend time with you guys. He, he doesn't think of himself as any better or any worse than anybody. Um, it's just an incredible, he's an incredible individual. His wife, Tricia, she's just as, just as, just as a humble and, and, uh, loving and, uh, man, there's no better people that I, in my lifetime that I've ever met besides the owners of the catering company, my first catering company that I worked for. Um, Yeah. So, oh yeah. So the name of the company that I was working for was called Concert Kitchens. That's who, that's how I got involved with Garth. Okay. So, but yeah, uh, incredible person. Uh, both of them, Trisha and and Garth. Uh, they knew my family by name. Uh, always asked about them. Always talked to me, you know, to see how my day was going and stuff. And and uh you know we had uh my my son's mom had passed away just before uh christmas of 2017 and garth you know found out about it and pulled me to the side and, and you know basically told me if there's anything that i need or or the family needs that you know he would he would help out as best he could um you know it, i i don't that I, goes along with a lot of what i've heard about garth yeah. he's just a good human I, being yeah I've heard one person say a negative thing about him, but you know, that's what happened from what I, you know, what I was told. That's, that's his business, you know? Um, he's a great father. So I, I, I have nothing ever bad to say about Garth. He's just one of those guys that, that you, you will always cherish having a relationship with. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've had a couple of things, the uh, the page plan incident and mm-hmm. then this. I was going to ask you, like, is there any, before we move on to what you're doing now, anything mm-hmm. memorable that you uh, that you remember from, from being a tour caterer or being on the road? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I think guys like us, like you and I, like, mm-hmm. I think I always tell people, like, I thought I was going to live and die in the fucking hometown that I was I was from. Yeah. And, and, and then we get to see the world. We get to go you know do yeah. this really cool thing and yeah very few people get to do what we do yeah uh i've been blessed man really i have been blessed with with not just being able to do the things that i've been able to do or or see you know parts of the world that i've never seen and then working and meeting great people like bernie you know uh <laughs> I mean, just just great people all around, you know. There's been some bad experiences, you know. I'm not gonna lie to you, but 
overall, you know, meeting great people, having great experiences with people outweigh the word, outweigh the bad. Um, I think maybe one or two memorables. Uh, we were doing Nine Inch Nails at uh, Fair Park Coliseum. So most people know that they back then they had an ice rink. So it was a, a local uh, a hockey team, minor league. So the Dallas Burn. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so these guys laid out a bunch of plywood, probably like three sheets worth of plywood on the ice, so the kids couldn't slip and fall and hurt themselves. Well, as soon as, and this happened twice. As soon as, and this happened with Pantera and Nine Inch Nails. So as soon as the band gets on, the plywood comes off the ground. There's people surfing on top of the plywood. There's fires starting on, on the plywood. It's insane. Those guys were crazy. My, my boss, uh, Kent Hayner at the time, actually got to sit down and talk to uh, Trent Reznor, if I'm not mistaken. And from what I, what I took away from, from Kent is he really thought the world of Trent Reznor. Very smart, very educated. Uh, had a great conversation with him, and he told me that I think that it, that was one of his favorite uh, musicians that he's ever run across yeah. and right talked with. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know anybody that knows Trent, but yeah, you know, so. I hear different stories, and they're none of them are terrible. Yeah. So I've always just everybody's assumed he's got a an good opinion. Guy. Everybody yeah. has a story. Everybody's you know? got a thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially these days. Oh yeah. Um, so, hey, man, so now you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to refer to you as a poker chef. You, you prepare food for poker rooms. Mm -hmm. Uh, how did you get into that? Well, well, I was living Did you play poker or? Well, no, at the time I was living in Austin and I had run across, uh, some people that were talking about, uh, poker. So it's like, okay, it kind of piqued my interest. And so I went and played a game, uh, a local home game down in Austin and they found out that I was a chef. So they were like, well, why don't you try uh, chefing, you know, feeding the, the poker players and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll give it a shot. And, um, man, I'll tell you what. I, I started doing that, and I never looked back. I quit the restaurant business. Uh, it was tough, man. Being in the restaurant business, I was working two jobs. I, could, I hardly cleared maybe 2K a week. Or not a week, but 2K a month. And so that was real, real stressful, real, real uh, um, stressful time. And then once I started doing uh, poker, uh, poker chefing, man, I, it was a big difference between night and day. Um, I went to work one day um, at, on a Friday at 9 a.m. And I got through about 10 o'clock Sunday night. I worked through... Uh, probably about two days and I made so much money that day that I went to the restaurant that I worked at and I told them that I was done with them and, and that I quit and they were like well, what do you mean and it's like yeah I mean I struggled making 2k a, a month with you guys and I just worked two days and I made 3,000 in cash and I don't see how I can work for you guys anymore right, and right. so ever since then this was probably 2012 maybe 2011, and uh, ever since then, I, I never went back to the restaurant business. 
Um, so when you say you work Friday through Sunday morning, do you do you sleep or do you have oh, time yeah, yeah. to rest? Yeah, like, I got I got like probably three hours worth of sleep, and okay. then uh, got back up and went shop to get ready for the next. So meal it's kind of like day. being on tour, exactly. <laughs> but you know, you're more you're more in uh, you're not as mobile as much, so you yeah. don't have to worry about that. You don't have to be. You don't so have the to rest is actually rest. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to travel from city to city. Now, don't get me wrong. I I miss that a lot. I really do. Uh, you know, the only reason I had to retire was, like I said, for family for family uh, issues, and uh, it, like I said, it's the best decision I made uh, retiring from tour catering. Uh, but like I said, I, I'd be more than welcome to go back out. Uh, but if I do, it's only for one person and one person only, and that would be Garth. Um, you know, all these other guys. I. <sighs> There's a lot of there's a lot of tour caterers out there, tour catering companies I should say, that hold themselves more above other people. Um, Latitude 45 is one of the worst. They are they consider themselves to be like God, and you know if you talk to them, it's very seldom you get a hello or or you know any any kind of acknowledgement. And and it's a shame, you know. I don't understand why why chefs have to be like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Be be humble. Be respectful. Learn to learn to love your brothers and sisters. Um, you know, because we're all here together, living on this planet, and there's no telling if you'll ever see your friend or if you'll ever see that person ever again. You know, and if you leave on a bad note then, you know, that's all they'll remember you for is leaving on a bad note. And that's all you're going to remember. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's like that with, um, like you said, you'd only go back to work for one person. And and, in my my experience, like I meet a lot of techs that are, they've been with certain bands for 20, 25 years. I've been with the band I'm with for 12 years. And you kind of, it kind of starts from the top of how everyone's treated. Mm-hmm. And if there are bad apples in there, they're usually weeded out yeah. eventually. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if Garth runs his ship like he l- runs his life, then, yep. you know, it's, it's understandable that that's who you would go back for. Yeah. I always say you stick with the devil you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And, man, uh, look, Garth, he will send you home if you mistreat anybody. If you talk bad to anybody, even if it's a local, even if it's like cleaning guys or anything like that, and, and he finds out that you acted like you, what you did, yeah. and, and he won't put up with it. You know, yeah. uh, that's not that's not that's not Garth. Because ultimately, when you leave that city, mm-hmm. the local people they yeah. remember the crew exactly, and they go, "Well, the crew's shitty. He and must be shitty." They don't want that, and they don't yeah. want that reflecting on Garth. Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. yeah. So um. As far as the being a poker chef, mm-hmm. uh, what is your uh, what does your menu usually look like? Do you do you do anything exotic? Do you, is it you know? It, it all depends on the games. Uh, some games have a, a set budget, and some games have a, a bigger set budget. So you know you're looking from anywhere from one twenty five as your budget to four to five hundred dollars as your budget. So. Um, you know, I try to do the best on a on a one twenty five to where they get a couple appetizers, three different three different choices of entrees, sides, you know, salad, dessert, and uh, breakfast. So basically, that's what I do. 
I'll do a, a dinner menu, appetizers, and then breakfast. And my day usually varies. Uh, it starts between 11 a.m. or 12 in the afternoon. And then by the time I get through shopping and cooking and prepping and all that, uh, and then feeding and then getting into breakfast and feeding those guys breakfast. Uh, some games I'm there till 4.30 in the morning. Sometimes I'm there till 7, maybe 10 o'clock the next morning. You know, so you do all the prepping and everything during mm-hmm. the day. Excuse I guess me. they just kind of start eating around what seven, eight. Yeah, uh, the games started. Depending on the games when they yeah. start, like some games started five, some games started seven. Uh, majority of the time, the games that I cook for, they start at seven o'clock. So uh, usually, I've got you know anywhere from six to seven hours of prep time to get everything set up and then start planning to get started on the the next meal. Uh, you know, like cooking bacon. I, I have a set time when, so like breakfast is at 1230. I start cooking breakfast. I start prepping my breakfast at 1030. So that way when the time comes, I'm ready to go. All I got to do is just go. Yeah. And yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. So. And you don't, you don't have to answer this next question, but I have to ask it. Mm-hmm. Is the, uh, do the, are, are the appetite of the players dependent on if they're winning or losing? Like, if the losers, sometimes. like, do they kind of like, nah, I don't want to eat? Yeah. And the winner's sometimes. like, eating but pancakes? Not, not all the time, <laughs> but sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, and then sometimes some of the players, um, they'll eat before they come. And then they realize that I'm there and they're like, oh, man, well, you know, I shouldn't have ate. But, you know, you, you can't control those guys. So. Yeah. You just got to go along with the flow and, you know, just make the best of everything. Right you know? on, man. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Do you oh, enjoy man, I love this it, environment? I, and- I love it. This, uh, I mean, pretty much I'm my own boss. Uh, everything's left up to me menu-wise. You know, Is everyone respectful towards you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, and I treat everybody like family. You know, I try to treat everybody like family. Um, you know, I try to get everybody's name, remember their names, and then whenever they come in next time, man, you know, I'll call them by my first name, by their first name, and they're like, you know, impressed. They're not impressed, but you know, they feel more comfortable. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Because yeah. you talk to them, you you know them by name, and they feel more comfortable. Right on, know? man. And that's what I strive to 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 make them feel like family and feel comfortable, so they never mm-hmm. have to feel out of place. Do any famous poker players ever pop in around here? Mm, not yet, but there have been some sightings some of sight- some famous <laughs> poker players. Scouting the place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Chan. Uh, I believe he has a place uh, here in, in Dallas. I know they opened a place in Houston, and I, I do believe they opened a place up here What in is Dallas. he, like four times, five times? Something like that, He's yeah. Big, big, WPT or yeah. W, WSOP champ, yeah. Uh, let's see. God, there's been some... Uh, Greg Raymer sightings also. Um, the fossil, fossil yeah, man. The fossil man. That's it. <laughs> and then TJ Cloutier. Actually, he's he's a he's a Dallas native. So, uh, so one day we were at this place called uh, North. Uh, oh God, North Dallas. Uh, yeah, North Dallas Poker Room. So TJ Cloutier plays there quite a bit, and so I was playing against him. And for a beginner, I did really well. I bluffed him out of a hand, and I showed the bluff, and 
everybody at the table just come on glued. They were laughing so hard, and TJ Cloutier is just like, okay, I got your number. <laughs> so I, my, that was my next question: Were you a fan of poker? Did you play poker before you started this? Is that how you got connected with it, or um, was it just by not accident? Really, I mean, I, I occasionally watched it every once in a while on TV whenever they did like the WSOP uh, yeah. the main event on uh, ESPN. And then, uh, like I said, I met some people that ran poker games and were talking about it. And it's like, you know, they invited me over and say, you know, come on, let's go play some poker. And so once I got the, the itch for that, then that's when they, they introduced me to the, the catering part, the cooking part. Of so they, they introduced you to a way to make money mm-hmm. instead, of losing. instead of losing money. <laughs> exactly. Po- so. Poker runs pretty deep in my family. Um, and I'm a fan of I don't I don't fancy myself a good poker player, mm-hmm. but I would love to be in, in that environment just to kind of observe, right? Uh, not to lose. I got you. Which usually <laughs> would happen. But um, uh, does do you ever get the uh, like the urge to like, hey, I'm gonna go sit in, like I'm yeah, not. Yeah. Get- well, when it comes to like, well, if I'm working the room, then I'm not gonna sit down and play. But if I get done early enough and and I have the time, then I'll sit down and play. Mm. But I try not to play when I'm working. Right on. So, it, you know, you got to keep that separate. I've never been to a poker room. Mm-hmm. I've just seen them in casinos. Uh, they have like a kid's table where I could go. <laughs> um, you <laughs> know, like a, a table there's, that's there's, not. There's some rooms that, that do uh, one, two, five, which, uh, which are the blinds, you yeah. know, $1, $2, and then $5. And the minimum buy-ins, you know, like a hundred bucks, you know, so that way you don't go you don't lose yourself. a lot. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's pretty much the best way to learn, yeah, you know, to to play poker. Or right you on. could always go up to Choctaw, or you could always go up to Windstar, you know, and play there. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's there's so many rooms, there's so many poker rooms in Dallas that, I mean, you got so many choices to go to, but if you ever want to. Come and play, man. I'll, I'll bring you. I'll bring you to the best places to come and play, where you won't get hurt, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> I don't leave. Yeah, it broke. So, are there any plans for you, man? Not not tour catering. You you ever have any plans of like opening your own place or, you know, in these I, days like a food truck or something like? Do you ever have? have well, I've got I've got a lot of people that uh, that want to invest in a food truck. I, I've got this one player. Uh, Cyril, um, you know, he wants to do this and I'm just trying to think of the best way to be able to, to work it. Cause once you get into a food truck, it's, it's pretty much, you're married to the food truck. Yeah. You have to spend so much X amount of time prepping, shopping, cooking, and then opening up, um, and then having to clean up and all that stuff, so you're pretty much and get ready know. for the next day. Yeah, exactly. If you if you if you did do that, mm-hmm. would there be a certain type of cuisine you would you would? I would. Yes, I would. Uh, that's missing around here. So I haven't seen a really good fried chicken truck. Uh, fried chicken, man, you'd be surprised if you have the right recipe and the right batter, you can make a killing serving fried chicken. Uh, I would like to do a fried chicken truck, but also have uh, homemade fried pies. Yeah. You know, I uh, think I saw on one of your menus one time, you served fried chicken on your mm-hmm, menu, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love fried chicken. As a matter of fact, um, <clears throat> I just got back from visiting some friends in New Jersey, and there's a food truck there called mm-hmm. No Forks Given, and it's like 
chicken sandwiches, chicken tacos. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, there's nothing like that here. So yeah, no, there isn't. I've yet to see a food truck out here that had that does solely fried chicken. And if that if I ever did that, that that would be my main uh, point of sales is fried chicken. And like I said, I would have uh, fried pies on, on the side, also fried or baked, just you know, for the people that can't do cholesterol. Yeah, uh, I would do uh, baked pies also for them. Do you do your own fried pies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got my own uh, recipe for my dough. Uh, you know, I can do apple. I can do, like, a, a cherry pie, yeah. a blueberry pie. I'm going to hold you to that, man. Yeah. I'm going to uh, hold I'm you gonna, to that. I'm going to get there, brother. <laughs> I'm going to get there. I promise you. <laughs> well, Renee, um, my podcast is called Is Breakfast Included? Mm-hmm. And you're the perfect, you're the perfect person for this question if if breakfast was included we had asian food for lunch yes but sir. if breakfast was included mm-hmm. what would you have man what would i have for breakfast man i'll tell you what uh trisha always loved she would love to have breakfast as a dinner same here you know so <laughs> same here uh sandwich breakfast sandwiches always always at the top uh i love using sourdough bread um Oh, I, I tell you what, we uh, I got a dealer friend. His name is Eric, and Saturday car I dealer, was, right? Uh, no, no, but, yeah, car dealer. <laughs> so he was a dealer. Yeah, car dealer. Sorry guys. <laughs> so uh, he, we were cook. Uh, we were at the game, and so I had waffles for breakfast. So he had the bright idea of turning waffles into a breakfast sandwich. Huh. And man, let me tell you, as soon as I sent that out. The first breakfast sandwich with uh, my buddy Eric, I, I probably sold 10, 10 sandwiches after that. I mean, it was it was a, it was a hit. It was incredible. So uh, I'm gonna do that again this coming Saturday, but I'm gonna do, tweak it up a little bit. I'm gonna add uh, syrup already to the batter, so, so it's when, when, when it's already it, yeah. sweet when you bite into it, and it's just gonna be crazy, bro. Uh, so is that what you would have this waffle breakfast sandwich? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, man, it's off the chain, brother. Thanks, off Eric. The change. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so, well, but, man, is there anything else you want to talk about, man? You know, uh, you know, whenever we got some more time, Bernie, I'd love to do some more talk with you, bro. Hey, we can do uh, this anytime, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know where I live, you know where I work at. Uh, you know, yeah, we definitely got to do this again, Bernie. I've got so many stories, bro. It's uh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a life that that few people ever get to know you, you know yeah few people ever get to get to see or do. like i said man i you know? i i don't take what i do for granted i miss it tremendously because yeah, i've done every shitty job in the book yeah and i fell into this one and i miss it i love it you know yep. I, I love seeing the world on someone else's dime yeah <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. you know, we don't have to do an interview to hang out, brother. No, definitely, bro. No. We're going to get together, and uh, we're going to have some more fun, and we're going to we're gonna enjoy our lives, bro. We're going to enjoy our friendship. Mm. We're going to enjoy our lives, and, and uh, you know, it, it's... 23 years. It was yeah. 23 years since yeah, we saw bro. each other. Is, uh, is, it, is it cool? Can you push the poker room you, you work at? Yeah, bro. Uh, so I work at High Five, uh, right off of 635 and, and uh, 75. Uh, I in work Dallas, in another Texas. game. Yep, Dallas, Texas. I work another game. Uh, uh, so there's two games, one on the third floor, one on the fourth floor. And I want to shout out to Top Shelf uh, Poker Room. 
Joshua Dowdy, Will Carry On. Uh, you guys are the best. Corey, also, I'm not going to forget you, Corey. You're in there. Uh, you guys have been amazing to me and have given me uh, a platform to where I can feed your players and make them feel happy and make them feel like they're at home, you know? Um, the Hanger is another one. Nia Trung, I love you, brother. Thank you so much for letting me be here with you. Um, Steve Jin at the Hanger, Michael, you're at the Hanger. You're on my you're on my list, brother. Um, Kevin, I can't forget Kevin either. I love you, boss. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, the owner of the Hanger, um, you know, all the other rooms out there that that show love to me. I love you guys. I love each and every one of you. King's Lounge is another room that showed me love. I love you guys. Clay, you're on the list also, brother. So anybody ever wants to get a hold of me, um, you could reach me uh, through my email at rinrod089, and I'll point you to all the great poker rooms in Dallas and Fort Worth area. So, right on, man. I love you guys. Thank you for everything that you guys have done for me. I really appreciate every, each and every one of you. Bernie, my brother, you, you know you know how I feel about you, bro. No, and, dude. Likewise, and man. It's 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 feels so good to finally see you after all this time, bro. Yeah. Well, so. likewise, brother. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank, Thank you, bro. Thanks for lunch. What was that place? Taste of oh, Taste of Chengdu. So if oh. you guys ever want some really authentic, great Chinese food, uh, it's in Carrollton, right off of uh, George Bush and Old Denton Road. Yeah. Uh, taste of Chengdu. All right, brother. brother. Well, thank you. Appreciate you. It's so good to see you as always, my friend. You too, man. Fuck yeah. Right on. My good buddy, Renee Rodriguez. I want to thank him for taking the time out to talk to me today and let us all see the inner workings of tour catering and what it's like being a poker chef. He's a pretty busy guy, so I really appreciate him. And it was great catching up with him. Like we said, we hadn't seen each other in 23 years uh, we've kept in touch, but you know, it was really great having lunch and spending the day with them. All right, guys, I am done. You guys have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.